I was reminded this week by a friend that we often read and teach and even preach from the Psalms, when in reality we should also be praying the Psalms. They show us how to pour out our hearts, our struggles, our joys, our very souls before a personal God who can take whatever it is that we bring to Him. We can be real with Him as we struggle with the brokenness of life and as we come to grips with our own feelings and emotions. So let me open us this morning praying the very psalm in which we will read in just a few minutes. I will pray just a couple of the verses. Let us pray. Our Father, we ask this morning that you would grant us grace to be honest with you. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants our soul for you, O God. Lord, we relate with the writer here, and we are talking about ourselves and not some deer. Life has felt so barren that our souls are thirsting for the living God and not some false God that we so often think will fulfill us. Our souls thirst for the living God. Father, we say with the psalmist, my tears have been my food. Some here are tired of crying this week. And we struggle because we are asking at times, where is our God? We pour out our souls and we ask with the psalmist, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Father, give me, give us hope and praise this morning. May we taste and see that the Lord is good. Would you be pleased to quench our thirst this morning? Move in power in our hearts, for we need to hear from you. Amen. Did the children go out? I am so sorry. I knew something was not happening. It is time for O Kids. You may go. If you are new with us and want to see where your kids are going, feel free to go out and see. They are in the room right behind us here where you can pick them up after the service. What a joy to see our little ones going to worship the Lord also. On Friday morning, I took the time to pray Psalms 42 and 43, and I found myself literally in the psalm with the writer, being honest and pouring out my heart, and it was really, really good for me, and I could not be more excited to be opening God's Word to you today. Now, if you are a certain age, you remember a chorus that would get into your mind and just stay there. We often do not remember all the words to a song, but we often do remember the chorus. I heard a friend recently refer to this chorus, chorus, and now it has been in my mind, and I can't get it out. So I'm going to share it with you. I know. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have... No luck at all. 
gloom, despair, and agony on me. Now, if you've never heard that before, I'm so sorry. You are better off for it, probably. Um, But just ask someone near you more about that. It came from a TV show that actually started in 1969. It featured country music. It was really a stupid show, yet funny. This show's name was... Wow. Um, For some of you, that chorus will be in your mind for the rest of the day. And I am so, so sorry. For some of you, though, you have been living it. And that is what you have been hearing from yourself in your own words. A chorus can stick in our minds like glue. The words we listen to, even from ourselves can get on this continuing loop, and it just goes and goes and goes. What chorus do you hear? What chorus do you tell yourself? Is it gloom and despair, or is it hope and joy? I saw a shampoo. Its name was Daily Defense. It had a subtitle that says, Protects from Everyday Stresses. It goes on to say, everyday stresses like sun, smoke, pollution, hard water, and harsh styling can assault your hair, robbing it of its vitality. Now, if we could just bottle that for our hearts and our minds as we deal with the stresses of everyday life. You and I know what the stresses can do as we live life. The stresses can rob us of our vitality, zap our joy and strength lead us to despair and depression, to being downcast, cause even chest pain at times. It so often shows all over our faces, and particularly to those who know us best. The stress may be in a relationship or finances or health. It may be at work or home or even right here at church. Some have such a combination of these stresses in your life right now that you feel as if not one more stress can be placed on my back or it will be the straw that breaks it. Do you know Charlie Brown? He was complaining about another baseball game that he lost, and Lucy wants to cheer him up. So she says, remember, Charlie Brown, you learn more from your defeats than you do from your victories. Charlie Brown thought and replied, That makes me the smartest man in the world. (laughs) I think the psalm writer felt like this, as life just kept coming at him. And he was overwhelmed. And many can relate. Such a situation is described in Psalm 42 as a psalmist who most believe to be David is dealing with all the stresses in his life. And he describes it as a deadly wound or a shattering of his bones. David, in his struggle and doubts and even fears, longs to feel God's presence. Psalm 42, it's a great psalm. It's called a mascal. That's a song designed to give insight and wisdom when dealing with the stresses of life. The sons of Korah were the temple singers, and they would sing this song back and forth, describing the struggles in the life of David and describing the truth to be embraced during such struggles. The writer talks to God, and he also talks to himself. Talking to yourself can be a great thing. I love it 
because I do it. My family and Rita are pretty used to it, and they often say, what did you say? And I always reply, oh, nothing. I was just talking to myself. Now, the last thing that I want to say before I read this psalm is this. You are the most influential person in your life in this sense. You speak to yourself more than anyone else. The questions, however, are what do you tell yourself? And do you listen? And are you honest to God? I will be reading Psalm 42 and 43 as they really go together. Listen for the battle that's going on in these words. The battle of desiring God and wanting to trust Him versus the utter despairing of soul in the midst of struggles. The struggles are described and the answers are prescribed here for us. Hear the word of God. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. And then the chorus, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All the breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Then the chorus, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Chapter 43, vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre. Oh God, my God. The chorus, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. The word of the Lord. On a scale of one to ten, where are you in being downcast versus hope and peace? There are everyday stresses and biggie stresses. All of them seem to do with our circumstances or our relationships. Everyday stresses may be things like the time pressures 
to get everything done, a car breaking down, maybe school exams or kids being sick at school and you're being called, financial stress when there's more month than there is money, problems at work, maybe deadlines or personnel or misunderstandings, but also coming our way are the biggie stresses, those things that are supersized, those that only come a few times in our lives. I was thinking about the past couple weeks and the stresses that I've heard of or dealt with myself. The death of a child. I know families in which three young children have passed away. Death of a parent. I've experienced that one in the past few weeks personally. Severe health issues. A friend being told this past week that he only had a few months to live. There's the biggie stress of marriage issues or a wayward child, um, issues in our own fellowship. Or then if you watch the news of a crane crashing through a home, can you imagine making that phone call to your boss or to the homeowner? Um, Yeah, that's what I said. The crane fell over and it sliced through your house just like a piece of cake. It is funny if we're looking at it But if we happen to be one of the players in that story, can you imagine the stress that brings? You can't make up the things that we encounter in life. What about you? How do you handle all the stresses? Let's look at the writer of the psalm and see how he handles the stress. The first key for David here in dealing with the pressures of life is to be honest with God. Knowing and admitting our feelings and our emotions. David is honest. Verse 3, my tears have been my food day and night. Some here today could say he took the words out of my mouth. One close friend calls 2018 the year of tears. And any given week in a crowd this size, we have cried buckets. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? He says that a couple times. Some have asked it yourselves, where are you, God? I pour out my soul within me. Why are you cast down in despair, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? As with a deadly wound, a shattering in my bones. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning? Something has happened that has given David the feeling of being cut off from his God, the living God, the only one who can assuage his thirst. Many believe that this is a time in David's life in which he is actually fleeing from his son Absalom as Absalom had taken over control of the kingdom. David fleeing from his own son and being forced to recall his own sin in the bigger story of Absalom. Anyone here who has struggled with children can only imagine something of the pain and stress that David faces in this situation. This is a deep inner despair and discouragement by one who has been very close to God. The fourth verse, For I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with the voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Obviously, in the struggles, his joy is gone. Many can relate. You've known God for a long time. 
You may even have been active in serving him and leading others. But there are overwhelming pressures that have come like waves rolling over you is what the psalmist would say in verse 7. And the joy is gone. It seems like a vital relationship with God is so unsure and even tenuous. We must be honest with God and ourselves about our struggles. Being honest with God means it is good. And it is appropriate to share our heartfelt emotions with our God. The psalmist questions God. He asks why ten different times and Where are you, God? Can you be brutally honest with God? It would be easy for us to criticize another speaking to God in the manner that we see here in this psalm. But if we did, we would be criticizing the psalmist himself for his honest expression in the struggle to find God and his love. In truth, God gives us an example of how we should come to him and address him and lay out our heart, and pour out our feelings and our questions. If you don't go to God in such a way, it is all too easy to be in denial about the struggles. And if you are in denial, it is all too difficult to find the answers that God has for you. And if you don't talk to God honestly, it's all too easy to stuff things until they blow up in anger, hurting others and perhaps even yourself. Dan Allender says this, Doubt and despair are the dark soil that is necessary to grow confidence and joy. The cry of pain is our deepest acknowledgement that we are not yet home. We must remember that my story and your story, they are bigger than the chapters we are living in right now. Two weeks ago, I was drowning my sorrows at Jeremiah's there in Maitland. And there was the brightest rainbow I ever saw. Rita's phone pinged and someone had written, you only see the rainbow after the storm. It was so good. You can tell your loving father anything. You must talk to God openly and honestly as a child expressing fears and joys and struggles to a parent. Such an honest dealing with struggles and feelings may be harder for some of us to do, and especially for men. For you see, men, we don't often get in touch with our feelings so easily. Maybe anger, it's an acceptable emotion for some crazy reason for men, nor do we know how to express our emotions. Yet this psalm is coming from a man who is full of feelings. Our feelings and emotions affect us deeply and are behind everything that we say and do. But so often we don't even know what they are. Men are dense. Now, I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, okay? Um, But I am one. I know I'm learning how dense I am. Some of you can relate to me here. Rita sees my feelings affecting me in many ways, and she wants to help. So she will ask me a very simple question. How do you feel when this or that happens? You know what I say? I say, um, well, why would you ask that? (laughs) And she asks again, and I say, I feel fine. 
She'll push a little bit more. And I say, feel? I don't feel anything. She pushes a little bit more. And I say, I just really don't know how I feel. I'm avoiding the feeling questions. I'm acting very male. The truth is that I have a lot of feelings. They are down there. And it takes hard work for me to get in touch with them. I remember how finally one time as Rita was asking those questions, I said simply, you know, I think I'm scared. And I thought that it would somehow um, make her think, what a wimp this guy is. And strangely, it drew us toward each other. And that's what happens when we give our emotions and our feelings to the Lord. We are drawn together as we see in this psalm here. David is struggling big time. He's asking the biggie questions. When, where, and why? Three times David asked, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Spurgeon would say that David's faith is reasoning with his fears and his hope is arguing with his sorrows and hurt. He is fighting to see things correctly. Back to the thought of being cast down is the idea of turning the face downward. The face is one of the most life-giving images there can be. And the psalmist is longing to see the face of God and experience his presence. Think of the baby. The baby wants to make eye contact. That is where connection so often comes. The baby will lock on your eyes and not let go. It happened yesterday with my grandson, Owen. He beat me again in that staring contest. I cannot win. That's where contact is made. We long to see the countenance of God and find security and hope there. The word downcast or despair in Hebrew also can mean to bow down or to crouch. The idea of the psalm is how we are to deal with those days when we feel like despairing, crouching down, curling up in the fetal position and giving up. Each one of us knows or we will know what it is to feel despair. These disturbing feelings are going to come in a fallen world. Newsweek called depression the common cold of mental illness. And many times it seems that the new follower of Christ is taught that it is wrong to be disturbed by the pressures of life. That's what I was taught growing up in a really good church. To never show my weakness or to be down. To always be on top of of the world and act like everything is great. A friend told me of an experience that he had had um, as a new Christian. He was with some other Christian friends and one saw a friend coming who was not a follower of Christ. And he said to the group, here comes Sam. Everybody smile and look happy. I am witnessing to him. That's from the pit, in case you don't know. We are called to live through our despair in a dying world, not to fake it. And just let the world watch us. Others must see 
not a struggle-free life, but a life of struggle which fixes its gaze on the Lord Jesus. If the child of God had to always be on top of the world, David would not have written at least half of the Psalms that he did. He writes out of deep emotions and utter honesty in dealing with his struggles. We come back to the first verse where we must be panting after God. If we pant after God, we will find him. The powerful imagery of verse 1 shows the desperate nature of David. As David feels himself separated from God and forgotten, an image that he had undoubtedly seen before comes to his mind. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. This is not some serene, peaceful scene which might first come to our minds when we think about seeing the cute little deer drinking from the picturesque mountain stream. It is far more desperate and frantic. The deer is panting. A deer is searching for water in a dry and barren land. This deer must have water or it would die. These photos are near En Gedi, where David actually was running for his life. The illustration conveys the deepest possible longing for God. So my soul pants for thee, O God. David, the man after God's own heart, will not settle for anything less than tasting of the life-giving water that is there, even in that valley in En Gedi, but there in the Lord Jesus also. Just as a deer must have water or it would die, so we must taste of the living water of Christ or we would perish. The psalmist feels estranged from everyone, but even more, he feels estranged from his God, the living God. David pants like the deer, craving water, craving relationship, craving the presence of of God. In every life, the trials are going to come. I remember years ago, a friend in a small group of men, um, he listened to the deep struggles from the group and he said, I can't relate. Life is wonderful. I have no problems and I don't see why these things should affect you so deeply. We all told him, just hang on. One day, the struggles would come. And to make a long, long story very short, life began to unravel for this friend. He had no idea how to handle the pressures and the struggles and the sins. The winds came and the waves pounded and there was no solid foundation, no anchor. Boom, overnight, he was gone from church, from home, from city, from state, from family. But I know one thing. He was not gone from his troubles. In the struggles and stresses of our lives, we know that God has a purpose to make us see our utter dependence upon him, to mold us and to shape us into his image, to turn our hearts toward home, toward the Father, to make us thirst after him rather than anything else that the world has to offer. How do these things come about? How does God become real to us when we are feeling so low? How do we begin to feel the inner assurance of God's 
presence. A key is being honest with with God, as we have mentioned. Verse 4, these things I remember, and I pour out my soul within me. David talks to himself, and he reminds himself of the close relationship with God that he had had. And he recalls the things that he himself had done of going to the house of God, of leading the people, of singing still. However, he is left hollow. David, as well as being honest and remembering the things he has done, moves to remember what God has done. Verse 6, Oh my God, my soul is cast down and in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan. Deep calls to deep as the roar of thy waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is within me, a prayer to the God of my life. The deep calls to the deep. The psalmist recalls God's loving kindness to him. He recalls standing on Mount Hermon and looking out and seeing and hearing the awesome sights and sounds around him as deep calls to deep and changes happen. He is talking about himself here. As David has longed for God, now his thirst is satisfied as God's loving kindness rolls over him. When the feelings of despair flood in upon you and me, we must allow the deep of God to call to our deep. When we're in the struggles, remember God's faithfulness, the one who is always present. In fact, I encourage you to talk to yourself about this truth rather than allowing the circumstances to talk to you. As we focus on what God has done, we're given another key here to help us deal with despair. And that is that God himself leads us to praise. Verse 3, O send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. David needed God's truth, God's perspective in the stress. And once he gets those, he then says, Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you, God, my God. In chapter 42, David had lost the joy, and now in chapter 43, he is given exceeding joy as he lives in the presence of God. Praise is so important. And wrapped up in here also is our telling ourselves the truth that God is present with us, living in the presence of God. That is the point of the panting deer. Just as the psalmist asked himself three times, why are you cast down and in despair, O my soul? He proclaims three times, hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. For I shall praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. This must be our chorus. Put that on a loop in your mind. God's presence is the most powerful possession that we have. And we need to learn to live and to rest in God's presence with us. Stop and think. God is with us. God is for us. If God is for us, who could possibly be against us? The greatest truth you have is God is with you. God is with us. The truth is God is with Orangewood. Christ has come and he has said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. I will never leave you 
nor forsake you. Pant after him. Nothing else is going to satisfy. This psalm was written in the context where God was considered the fountain of living water. We could go through Jeremiah. We could go through Isaiah. In fact, chapter 55 of Isaiah says it this way. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Come, delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. According to the faithful mercies, now get this, shown to David. Jesus stood and he cried out, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. In Christ, we have our Savior, our Lord, our sustainer. And we don't simply have a defense against daily stresses. We have Christ as our very defender a shield about us in all of life and in death. If you need a defender this morning, I invite you to run afresh to Jesus. If this is all new to you and you want to know more about this Jesus who defends his people, come and talk. Get with a friend. Let them know you want to know more. What is your chorus What will you listen to this week? What will you tell yourself? I challenge you this week to pray this psalm. Pray it every day. I challenge you to pray Psalm 42 and 43. May our chorus change from gloom, despair, and agony. And why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? May it change to hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my joy. I shall praise him. May it be with exceeding joy that we do that. May our chorus change to as a deer pants for the flowing stream. So pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Only Jesus can quench our thirst. And Jesus changes everything. Let us pray. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Father, so many of us are cast down. Our hearts and minds are in turmoil. We long to find ourselves with David praising you and hoping in our great God who is our salvation. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you, O God, my God. Lord, we come to you. May you truly become our exceeding joy today. And may we praise you for the help of your presence. Father, may the faith that you have given us replace our despondency and may hope triumph over our despair for the glory of Christ. May our faces not be downcast, but rather be lifted up, reflecting the beauty and the glory of Jesus. May we know 
that we have been with Jesus today. We pray in his matchless name. Amen. Let us stand and sing together.